Welcome to this week's Energy Show. Now, this week's show is about taxes. Okay, try to contain your excitement. It's been 32 years since President Reagan pushed through the last comprehensive tax reform bill. This year, or at the end of last year, 2017, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 makes similar huge changes in the ways in which individuals and businesses pay their taxes. It's going to have effects all over the economy. So what we're going to answer in this show is, what does it mean for solar? Solar for your home, solar for your business, solar financing. Um, the new tax bill basically affects almost everything businesses and, person, and people do regarding economics in 2018. So these impacts began January 1st of this year, even though taxes that everybody's going to file is going to be really applying to your 2017 activities. But businesses must already react, and person and, and individuals must already react to the new tax law because it's going to change a lot. High-level overview. I'm not a tax expert, so you obviously need to talk to your business and personal accountant to figure out the details of this new tax law. Now, the reality is a lot of these details are still being worked out for 2018. The tax bill is about 600 pages long, fine print, tables, the whole thing. So, in other words, even the experts don't know the full impact on most business activities and many personal activities. A lot of these changes were kind of put through very, very quickly at the end of 2017. So it wasn't something that was really carefully vetted. It was pushed through quickly. And now the whole tax industry, uh, you know, in, individual tax experts, business tax experts, tax attorneys, the whole tax industry is gearing up to help their clients do what tax experts do, which is reduce the tax bills. I mean, it's just a huge industry, just figuring out how to pay fewer taxes. Okay, so summarizing here, this is what happens to individuals. So with individual taxes, these are taxes that, you know, basically you pay at the IRS every uh, by April 15th. On the average, your individual taxes are going to go down by 1% to 3%. Now, some of these changes aren't permanent, but basically that's what it is. Now, it's 3%... Um, if you make less than $165,000 and over $600,000, it's like 1% kind of in between. So it's going to be, everybody's going to have a little bit more money, 1% to 3% more money because you're going to pay fewer taxes. So that's going to be a small positive for solar because people are going to have a little bit more disposable income. Basically, your total taxes are going to go down very slightly. It's a good thing. Then we kind of get into what some of these details are for people's specific circumstances. All right. There's this thing called the standard deduction. Everybody gets the standard deduction, everybody who doesn't itemize. Um, that's about 70% of people who file their taxes. So this personal deduction doubles to $24,000. So once again, this is going to be positive for solar, for medium and lower income areas, because people are going to basically pay less taxes. In addition to the percentages going down, the deduction goes down. Standard deduction goes down. So people are going to have a little bit more money after tax. They can spend it on things that they want to spend it on. Vacation, new car, fixing up the house, or in my view, backup power or solar. Okay. The other thing, the mortgage interest deduction. This is a big one. The current law allows you to deduct the interest on mortgages if your loan is over a million dollars. Now that mortgage interest deduction is going to go down to $750,000. All right. So sounds like a lot of money, but heck, anybody that lives in really high cost of living states like California, New York, I mean, it has the, the mortgages are routinely above a million dollars. It sounds like a lot of money, but that's kind of welcome to the middle class in, in many parts of the 
country. Now, the other thing is home equity loan interest is no longer deductible. Ooh, that's a bad one. All right. So basically, you can't deduct home equity loan interest. You normally used to be able to deduct all home equity loan interest because it was just kind of considered mortgage interest. But you can't deduct all interest. But the good thing is you can deduct HELOC or home equity loan interest for home improvements like solar. So you're okay. You can't deduct the home equity loan interest if you use the money for a vacation or college tuition or anything like that. So this this mortgage interest deduction change is kind of Okay for solar, it's going to be a slight negative impact for high-income areas for people who basically aren't going to be able to deduct as much interest on new loans. All right, And once again, that's going to affect mostly the high-income states. You know what? For the most, most of the rest of the show, I'm going to be talking about these high-income area states. They're mostly blue states. It's, it's, it's states like California, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Washington, Oregon. It's places where basically they, they've been, they voted Democratic. They're generally coastal states, and the, the economy is doing well, and housing prices and cost of living is expensive. Blue states as opposed to red states. Okay, let's keep going. State, local sales, and property tax deduction. This is called the SALT deduction because it's just a shorter acronym. So this SALT deduction is capped at $10,000. You can only deduct $10,000 worth of state taxes, local taxes, sales taxes, and property taxes. Well, got a lot of states like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, well, uh, California, where you basically have all of these extra taxes. I mean, taxes in California, 15%, I think, just for state income tax. Plus, we've got property taxes. Plus, we have a heck, where it's like nine and a quarter percent sales tax. So, but you can only deduct 10% of that. So that's going to have a big impact in these high-income areas that because the total tax bill for these people is going to be higher. They're no longer able to deduct their SALT taxes. That's going to mean, once again, less disposable income in most blue states. Okay, other changes in the tax law. Health care, AMT, education, alimony, moving expenses, tax prep, casualty losses, estate taxes. Probably not a big impact on solar in general, but you know, if, if, if you are kind of subject to these things, it could have an impact. All right, so net-net, what does this mean for homeowners? Net-net, what does this mean for individuals? The new tax law means that people in red states are generally going to have slightly more after-tax income. That's good for them, for so that's good for them, and that means that they have more money to spend on solar. But people in blue states are generally going to have less after-tax income. That's in general, okay. And basically, you know, from a standpoint of solar, if you have less disposable income, you're less likely to buy solar. If you have more disposable income, um, you know, it makes makes more sense to buy solar. All right, now a lot of people finance systems, so we're going to get into the issue of solar financing, like leases and PPAs, in a minute, because those really are corporate tax situations. All right, let's talk about some secondary effects for homeowners. Now, what about viability of your other investments? Because sometimes people put in solar and they say, gee, I can get a 17% rate of return by going solar, and the return in the stock market's only been you know 8% on the average or something like that, or 10%. Well, right now, the stock market's doing really well. So other investments are going up. <laughs> Inflation's going up. So you know, bank interest or, or other interest investments in treasury bills, they're actually going to become a little bit better. So if the stock market keeps going up, if interest rates keep going up, 
you know, there's some good and bad about that, then the solar return on investment gets closer to other investments. And I think the gap between the two is, is not going to be as high. Right now, solar is absolutely a slam dunk. But I think the continued low prices of solar, and they're going to, in general, trend down, they're going to keep the return on investment for solar about as high as any possible investment you can get, especially a reliable investment, because the stock market returns go up and down. I mean, we've had a booming stock market for, heck, almost 10 years. Um, it's destined to plummet, because these, these things always happen. But the solar returns are steady as long as the sun keeps coming up. Okay, now let's take another look at business taxes. Now we're going to look at what happens from corporations. All right. One of the big changes is for pass-through businesses. A pass-through business is like a subchapter S or a limited liability corporation. These are usually small businesses or closely held businesses. Closely held basically means you don't have a lot of individual stockholders. My company, I'm a solar company, I've always had sub-S businesses until we went public, in which case then we became a regular corporation. Now, so the business profits for pass-through businesses are taxed at the personal rate. So let's say your business made $100,000 worth of profit. In pass-through businesses, that $100,000 would actually be taxed at your personal rate. It would go to your personal income tax. Now... When these changes in the pass-through businesses, there's a 20% deduction for pass-through business income and then a 30% tax rate. 30% tax rate is a little bit higher than regular, and it's actually a little bit higher than the, than for most for personal. All right, so the pass-through businesses may become regular businesses since the new corporate tax rate is lower, but then it really depends on what the individual tax situation is. So regardless, still... Going solar is going to be better for all businesses because the business tax rate is down and also because of the great change to the depreciation benefits. And I'll get to that in a minute. All right. Corporate taxes, on the average, they're lowered from 35% to 21%. The stock market went ballistic. It turbocharged businesses. They get 14%. They get to keep 14% more of their profits. They can spend more money on things like improvements, capital improvements, marketing, sales, and even on solar. Now, the other big change is businesses can now deduct 100% of the depreciation in the first year. This depreciation deduction makes a big difference for the economics of solar. Now, some deductions and credits were eliminated. The corporate AMT, alternative minimum tax, was eliminated. But the solar tax credits are basically going to stay the same. 10% after 2022, it's 30% now. And reminder, for residential, it's 26% in 2020 and 22% in 2021. Okay, now let's talk about these corporate tax rates. The corporate tax rate goes down by 14%, from 35% to 21%. So what's going to happen is solar's going to help companies be even more profitable. If you put solar on your corporate uh, on your roof, you're going to have lower electrical expenses. You're going to be even more profitable. So when we kind of run through all the numbers and what does this mean for your net profits? Because the corporate tax rate goes down by 14%, it's going to give you about a 2% boost in the return on investment for going solar. That, you know, that's, not, that's not insignificant. Um, now, the other thing is, you kind of look at what the net, net present value and the net present value of the solar system also goes up. Now, we talked a little bit about depreciation. Depreciation is an expense that is used to account for the reduced value of an asset. Oh, you know, you buy a, a car or a truck and you can depreciate it over five years. You buy a building, you depreciate it over 30 years. So let's say you buy a building for a million dollars. Every year you depreciate it for about $33,000. So at the end of 30 years, the value is zero. Okay, so, so that's a depreciation. That's how depreciation works. And, and it works for all assets, including a rooftop or ground mount solar system. So solar used to be depreciated under the modified accelerated cost recovery system or makers. Um, basically, you could depreciate the whole 
cost of solar, half of, half of it, 50% in the first year, and the balance over the next five and a half years. Now, the new tax law means it changes things. Now you can deduct in the entire 100% cost of the value of the solar system in the first year. So let's say your business puts in a quarter million dollar solar system. You get to deduct $250,000 from your company's income in that year. It's great. It's a, it's a much faster way of depreciating it and it makes a difference. So significantly, it improves the return on investment for going solar by about 6%. You know, these calculations are things that were done by Aurora, and this was something in Green Tech Media, which is a great publication. All right, so so you get about a 6% improvement in your return on investment because of depreciation. So let's look at what happens with the combined improvement in the depreciation for solar. It used to be 50%, now it's 100% in the first year. And the lower corporate tax rate going from 35% to 21%. It returns, it improves the return on investment of solar by about 7%. So the economics of any company go up 7%. And the net present value for the life of the system goes up by 27%. This is kind of interesting. So a lot of companies basically build their company value based on the net present value of their solar assets. These are kind of leasing companies and things like that. Well, their net present value for new systems going in is now going to go up by 27%. That's pretty good. It's going to have an impact in their stock price. Okay. Now, we talked, a lot of these are finance companies. So what impact does the new tax law have on solar financing? Now, homeowners, generally, you pay cash, or you get a home equity loan, or you get a PACE loan, or you get a bank loan. Let's not talk about that. We're going to talk about special financing from third-party ownership, or TPO systems. This is lease financing or PPA financing. Basically, these are situations in which a company owns the system on your company's roof or your home roof instead of you owning it. And the reason why that's advantageous is that the, the company that owns the system can take the depreciation and gets the tax credit. When you lease a car, it's the same thing. You lease a car, you don't own the car. You just basically sign a long-term contract for the car, three to five years. And the, the own, owner of the car, maybe the, the car manufacturer, maybe a third party, basically gets the benefits from the lease. So for most commercial and residential projects, they get the money for these leases because they've got to lay out all the money up front. It costs a lot of money. A million-dollar system, you got to have a million dollars. And then sometimes, you know, these are usually portfolios. So you have a hundred of these million dollar systems. That's a hundred million dollars. Where does that money come from? It comes from a source called tax equity. These are tax equities, basically um, an accumulation of money from big companies, banks, insurance companies that have really high tax bills. And they say, gee, we can lower our tax bills if we have assets that we can use to, to depreciate or take tax credit on. So that's what tax equity financing is. They basically, these companies basically own portfolios of solar systems to reduce their taxes because they get the investment tax credit and they get depreciation. Now, it's not really clear to me and many other experts what the net benefit is for solar financing of these uh, of the new tax law because companies are going to pay lower taxes that's a good thing so there may be less tax equity available in general because the tax everybody's taxes are going to go lower so i think temporarily at least in the short term we're in a little bit of a hiatus there's a pause because companies are trying to figure out gee what's the future tax equity situation if we're going to go sell a bunch of systems are we going to be able to raise tax equity sometime in the summer or the fall because investors are all figuring out the impact of these new tax um, laws. 
it's a, it's a lot of moving parts. Um, now, there are some new limitations of the tax law on overseas companies using their tax equity. This was something called the BEAT provision in the new tax code. It was um, beat up pretty heavily and almost beaten to submission. So it shouldn't be that big. Um, and it's certainly not relevant to tax equity that comes from U.S. companies. But there's been a lot of international banks that have been using their tax equity. And there may be some impacts to the BEAT provision for them. All right. What about residential solar financing? Yeah, there might be be a lull in leasing and PPAs in early 2018 because we're not really clear how much money is going to be available. Now, certainly funds that were already raised are going to be used, but as far as raising new leasing and PPA funds, it's going to take a little while for the, the solar financing experts to figure out the implications of the new tax bill. But I expect that there's going to be plenty of residential solar financing money to be available in mid-2018, and, and pro- probably plenty of commercial money, too, even though there's a little bit of a lull now. But you know what the reality is? The solar industry is in a little bit of a lull because of the tariff that's coming up. We'll talk about that on another show. Okay, what about PACE, or Property Assessed Clean Energy? Is there any impact on PACE? No real direct impact on PACE. And this is a situation, basically, where you take out a loan from a PACE company, and this loan is paid back as part of your property taxes. Now, the lowering of the mortgage interest deduction from a million dollars to $750,000 may be that there's slightly less ability for homeowners in high house price states to deduct their interest on PACE. Probably not that real, not that big an impact. And then the same kind of impact for home equity loans, a little bit less. But it will do is make third-party ownership systems like leases and PPAs slightly more appealing because people, there's no doubt that, that these corporations are going to be able to take those tax benefits. Okay. Now, another wild card, a second order effect, what we call in engineering. It's possible that electric rates may actually decline. Why? Because utilities are businesses, too. They're public, at least uh, publicly owned utilities are businesses. They want to lower their taxes. And their tax rate just went from 35% to 21%. So these utilities are going to be suddenly more profitable. Well, the Public Utility Commission basically caps their, their profits equal to 10% of the utilities net assets. And the, the, the deals change slightly from state to state and utility to utility. But basically, the utilities get to keep their profits equal to 10% of their net assets. Well, because, because of this 10% cap, they're not allowed to keep more profits. So theoretically, they should try to reduce their revenues. Now, they can reduce their revenues by lowering their electric rates, getting less income, or they can also reduce their revenues by increasing their expenses. Generally, I've never seen a utility that voluntarily wants to lower their rates and profits. What they're going to do is delay and negotiate with the Public Utilities Commission to keep their profits as high as possible um, and, and, and not, to, you know, not to reduce those. And so what they're going to do is they're going to argue that, gee, there, there are other expenses that made their profits capped. So they're going to spend more money on maintenance. They're going to spend more money on customer outreach. And I think it's going to take a year or two for Public Utilities Commission to work through these new rates. But there is a little bit of downward pressure on rates, but nothing's going to happen immediately. This is going to slightly reduce the benefits of residential and commercial solar. Nevertheless, it's obviously the whole thing is going to benefit ratepayers. Okay, so let's look at this kind of in summary. From a residential standpoint, solar is going to look better 
in red states because homeowners are going to have slightly more disposable income. And solar is going to look slightly less attractive in blue states because of these uh, state and local tax deductions and because a lot of these are these are higher income states. So these, these homeowners are going to have slightly less disposable income. I think the financing benefits for leases and PPAs could get slightly better as long as there's plenty of tax equity, tax equity which I think they'll be. And this is basically for commercial and uh, residential and residential PPAs and leases. Um, and as far as PACE, no big changes for PACE, at least as far as the tax law goes. Now, what about commercial? Well, the, the ROI for solar, because the tax, the corporate taxes went down to 21% and the appreciation sped up, ROI for solar is going to go up by 7%. That's great. And there's also going to be a 27% increase in the net present value. So if you look at the long-term value of a new solar system for corporation, long-term, it's 27% better. That's a good number. I think there's temporarily going to be less tax equity for investors. So there's a little bit of a hiatus as, as uh, investors try to figure out the new rules, but they're going to come back with a, they're going to come back in the spring. Okay, so these tax changes are important, but the impact of the solar tariffs are likely to have a much bigger effect. So we're going to talk about these solar tariffs on one of our next shows once they're finalized. All right, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcast.